Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Vayishlach. Parshas Vayishlach is a very rich parsha, full of different actions and helpful to us in once again forming the formation and foundation of our peoplehood. Yaakov Avinu, after 20 years away, is coming back to Eretz Yisrael. He's afraid of his brother Esav, and he prepares in three ways for him. He Doron, the Torah tells us of the extensive present that he sends for Esav. Tefillah, the prayer that he prays in his time of Sakana and Muhammad prepares for war, teaching us that a Jew has to do his hishtadlus. You have to do yours, and the rest you leave up to Hashem. I'd like to focus this morning on one pasuk in the parsha, a pivotal, very important parsha, and to try to glean from it at least two and maybe three different important lessons. The Pasuk is found in chapter 32, Pasuk 25. It's even been made into a song. The Pasuk reads, Vayivaser Yaakov Levado. Yaakov was left alone. Vayavek Ish Imo, and a man wrestled with him. Ad until the break of dawn. And the Torah does not identify who this man was. As we'll see, Rashi tells us that, quoting the Bereshis Rabbah, chapter 77, and the Tanhuma, paragraph 8, that this was the Sar of Esau, that each nation has its guardian angel, and this was the guardian angel of Esau disguised as a man. So Yaakov was wrestling with a supernatural power. And the Torah tells us a few verses later that he the attacker was not able to uh, prevail over him. And what do we find? That what he does is he strikes Yaakov in the area of the hip. He causes the sinew in the hip to be dislodged. And so the Torah tells us that to this day we are not to eat the Gidanoshe, the sinew by the hip, in a kosher animal. Ad hayom hazeh, to this very day, kinoga bechaf yerech Yaakov, because Yaakov was hit and injured in that area. Now, I'd like to share with you the commentary of the Sefer HaChinuch. And you should know that in the entire book 
of Bereshis, there are but three mitzvos, and this is the third. The first mitzvah is found in Bereshis, and that is the mitzvah of Pruvu, procreation, having children. The second mitzvah is found at the end of Lech Lecha, and that is the mitzvah of circumcision, bris milah. And now comes the third and final mitzvah found in the book of Bereshis, and that is not to eat the Giranoshe. Now, I'd like to share with you the insight of the Sefer HaChinuch, who, in his work, analyzes each of the 613 mitzvos, and in each and every case tries to present what he calls Mishorshe HaMitzvah, was at the root, the foundation, to help us understand this mitzvah. And he says that this mitzvah of our abstaining from eating this part of the animal, it shall be a strong reminder to the Jewish people that even though they will suffer many challenges, difficulties, and persecution throughout the exiles from the nations and specifically from the descendants of Esav, we are to be bituchim, we're to be assured, guaranteed, shelo yovdu, that the Jewish people will, God forbid, never be destroyed, but rather Olam forever, Ya'amod, we will stand firm, Zara Mushmam, our progeny, Jewish children, Jewish people, and our uh, identity, and that there will be a Redeemer to come and redeem us from those who are constantly trying to annihilate us. And Bizikram Tamid Inyonze, when we will remember this constantly, this will strengthen our faith and our strong belief in Akurish Barahu. And then he tells us once again that who was this person fighting? The Tsar of Esav, who wanted to literally uproot Yaakov from this world. And he was injured in the area of procreation, as the Ramban on this Pasuk teaches us, that throughout the night, throughout the long exile, Jewish children are going to be lost either by assimilation or by, God forbid, persecution. And as, unfortunately, just two days ago or a few days ago this week in Jersey City, this is what we unfortunately experience much too often in Golos, but we are assured and we are promised, Ubasof Tielahem Shua Mehem. At the end, there will be relief from our enemy. And just as the Torah tells us that Vayizrach lo Hashemesh, the Torah tells us in verse 32, a few verses later, that the sun rose for 
Yaakov. Yaakov is a symbol of the entire nation. So too, Cain, Yizrach Lano Hashemesh Shel Moshiach. So too, please God, the son of Moshiach will rise, Virap Enu Mitzarenu, and he will heal us from our pains and afflictions, Virgolenu, and redeem us, Bimheira Biamenu. Please God, speedily in our day, Amen. This is such a beautiful, powerful teaching of the Sefer Achinuch on the third mitzvah, and I really believe mitzvah lefarasein. It's a mitzvah to remind and teach people this, and that's why not by chance. Parshas Vayishlach. If there are two Shabbos Chanukah is read on the Shabbos before Hanukkah. This year, one Shabbos Hanukkah, it's read two weeks before Hanukkah. It's already providing the foundation of reminding us that even though there were Rabim Biyad Ma'atim, even though there were so many of the Greeks and Syrians against the few Hashmonoyim, we prevailed. This is the Gid Hanoshe. This is the first part of the Pasuk that I want to share with you. But I'd like to share with you as well a second interpretation which comes from the Gemara in Chulin, page 91a, whereby the Rebeleza understands when it says, Vayivaser Yaakov Levado, Yaakov was left alone. Why was he left alone? He went back for, he remembered Pachim Ketanim, small incidental things that he left behind. Okay? Pictures, little things that he might have left behind. And therefore the rabbis say something incredible. Mikan, from here we learn, Lisadikim, regarding the righteous, Yosir Migufam, that their money, their possessions are even more important than their body, meaning Yaakov put himself at risk, and indeed he was mugged by his going back for. Why might he have gone back for, quote, incidentals? Comes along the teachings of the Lakute Torah by Reb Chaim Vital, who says in the name of his Rebbe, the Arizal, something so powerful, and that is, there's nothing incidental. If Hashem gives us various kalim, various utensils, it's because this is what we need, and if this is what we need to fulfill our individual potential, then that's what Yaakov went back for, out of his trust in God, out of his understanding that it's not by chance that I have what I have, and therefore whatever I have, I have to use to that ultimate. And therefore, like the Gemara teaches in Sota, that 40 days before conception, they announce Havlad, regarding before the, excuse me, the uh, formation of the embryo, 40 days before, they announce Basco goes out, a voice, Bas ploni leploni, 
that so-and-so is going to marry so-and-so. But at the same time, so de ploni, le ploni. This field is going to go there. They announce upstairs who needs what in terms of a mate, in terms of fulfilling their potential, in terms of a field, in terms of even, forgive me, pachim ketanim. So the answer is there's no such thing as pachim ketanim because the fact that God wants you to have it, it's important. And this is what each person has to look at themselves and say, God gave me this talent. Whatever talent Hashem gave you, you might consider it incidental, but it's not. We have to be appreciative thereof, and we have to make sure that we use it in the right way in giving it back, quote-unquote, to Him. And this idea of Pachem Ketanim can be, to a great extent, understood if we look upon these pachim ketanim like a medallion, the medallion that one receives from a king might not intrinsically be worth so much money, but, whoa, whoa, look what it represents. It represents the fact that I am important to the king, and the king shows his importance that I am important to him through this medallion. So too, these are the pachim ketanim. These are the gifts that Hashem has given us, and that's what makes them important, because they were given to you personally from Hashem. And interestingly, that here too, our abstaining from eating the gira nasheh, something which, okay, it's challenging. We have to get a professional who knows how he's to do it, to do the nikur, to go and to remove the um, gid. And that's why in certain parts we simply abstain from eating you know, the hindquarter of the animal. The question is, we can't understand just as we can't understand why we were given these things, but they have to be important because we have to have a usage to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So too, the Chinuch is teaching us that our abstaining from eating the Gira unbelievable, is going to contribute, please God, to the coming of Moshiach. And this is a very important point. One last thing that comes out with this is the following, that the Torah is teaching us how to um, face the nisoyon, the test of wealth in Golos, that too often Jews flaunt their wealth. And that, unfortunately, as we know, arouses the envy and enmity of the Jew. And therefore, one should realize that when and if Hashem gives us gifts, we're not to quote-unquote flaunt it. We're to use it in the way in which He wants us to have it, but not in a way that, God forbid, can cause problems for the Jew and the Jewish community. Parshas Vayishlach is such an important parsha, not only for heads of state, that the Midrash teaches throughout Jewish history when Jewish leaders visited the heads of other governments, they studied Vayishlach 
and most recently in our day, when the late Prime Minister Menachem Begin, Sechrona Levracha, visited Anwar Sadat, before that historic meeting, he was told by Rav Moshe Feinstein, by Rav Salavechik, by the late Lubavitcher Rebbe, by all of them, that he should study Parshas Vayishlach. There's something in Parshas Vayishlach for all of us, and let's remember, there's optimism and there's great responsibility, because there's no such thing as Pachim Ketanim. These Pachim Ketanim are really Gedolim. They're especially important because they come from on high. Shabbat Shalom to all.